Amen. It's good to be here, family. It's good to see everyone. It's always exciting to spend some time with you guys. Thank you, band. As you'll see, the title of my message today is Unstoppable Joy. Hallelujah. So I didn't speak to Alice or anyone here or Rodal, which was praying and uh, speaking over that Psalm 16. But clearly we all did speak to Jesus. <laughs> so we thank him that he's already prepared our hearts. I really believe God wants to restore this morning. And I actually was thinking, you know what? When we speak about a message such as joy, it's not just a heart transformation that the Holy Spirit wants to do. But we're actually demolishing strongholds. We're demolishing strongholds of anxiety and depression here. We are coming against works of the devil this morning. Where he's been binding us in so many things and just wanting us to to be stuck in this place of depression and anxiety and fear. But I believe the Lord this morning is saying, no, no, no more, no more. And I really trust that a lot of us will be ministered to this morning. Amen. Sure. I actually want to just read something here quickly in Samuel 13. Have some water, Yamir. I usually even forget that people give me water, you know, when <laughs> I preach. But this morning, clearly, my voice is not cooperating. <coughs> Thanks. I really felt this morning just to share something quickly before I get into the message. I felt that. The Lord wants to just assure us of victory this morning. I was thinking as I was preparing for the message um, last night. Thank you, friend. <laughs> I know I may just kick it. So. Um, I really felt that there may be some people who can relate to the story that I want to read here in 1 Samuel 30. So here we've got David, who's just been rejected by the Philistines. He was being chased by Saul, so he decides, no, I'm going to go join um, just the, the Philistine army, and we're going to go and fight, and, you know, now I'm just going to quickly hang out there just to be safe from Saul. Um, who's trying to kill him. And then the Philistines are like, nah, 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 we, we won't fight with you. Like, we don't want you in our army. <laughs> we know what you did to us last summer. <laughs> and at this point, like David is rejected. He takes back his men, about 600 of them, and they go back to this town where they were actually staying in, right? I think that town is Ziglag. And they are returning there, you know, with long faces because now they've been rejected and kicked out of the army. Like, man, that, is, that must be hard. <laughs> and they get there and everything has been burnt to ashes. It's a dire situation. 
So the men are there, and the scripture says that these men, and along with David, cry and weep and weep until they could weep no more. It was that dire. It was that hopeless. They're like, you know what, Lord? These people, the the Amakilites, have taken everything that we have. Our wives, our children, what do we do now? And then the word speaks about how David, now at, in, in, this, in this moment, the, the, his men were already like, you know what, we're going to stone you. <laughs> like, this is your fault, David. And it says that David strengthened himself in the Lord. David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And in that moment, after strengthening himself in the Lord, he asked the Lord, Lord, what should I do? Should I chase back after them? Will I actually succeed in this? And the Lord says to him, go for it, Boiki. <laughs> go for it, my son, like you've got this. And the Lord gave him assurance of victory. And I believe that's what the Lord wants to do. For a lot of us this morning. So David went on and they went and they chased after that, uh, that, that army that, that had taken their wives. And they actually came back with their wives and more. Hallelujah. And I really believe that God is saying there's some of us this morning who are in that place of weeping. Like you have wept until there's nothing left in you. You do not know what else to do, where else to go concerning some situations that you've been finding yourselves in. But God is saying, I'm singing songs of victory over you this morning. I'm assuring you of victory. And so get back up. I am saying get back up. He's saying, you know what? It's time to get your fight back. Hallelujah. It's time to get your fight back. Because victory is yours. Victory is our portions and sons and daughters of God. So this morning, we are actually enforcing victory that is already ours. And I believe God wants to encourage us with that this morning. That victory is ours. So that's just a little preamble to what I wanted to share. So I've been in a space personally where I've had a lot of joyous occasions. I got married (laughs) and I'm really like, wow, God, this is amazing. And, you know, there's just so many wonderful things that have been happening in my life. But I've realized, you know what, over the years, I've learned to have something that's somewhat a bit of a ping pong joy. You're hot and you're cold. You, I don't know what the song goes, how it goes, but you're up and you're down. But this joy that lacks a consistency. And I believe that God wants to restore that in us. Like God has been talking to me about joy for a while now. And even as I started speaking, thank you so much, about this message and actually believing and releasing the word of joy over the body of Christ, I was actually embarrassed 
to share about joy, guys, believe it or not. Like the Lord had to talk some sense into me. The reason is that, you know, you're feeling, God, people are going through such real situations. People are going through so much. And you want me to talk about joy. <laughs> like, can you give me something else to speak about? But the Lord was saying, you know what, Siko? When your situation and when the culture is amplifying anxiety and fear and depression, when the enemy is using these things as a tool against my church, it's time to turn the sound up on what heaven is saying. Hallelujah. And I believe God is saying, turn the volume up on joy. Christians, believers are supposed to be the happiest people alive. We should be so happy that it scares people. That people actually want to know, like, what is it about you? That is causing you to be so happy. Meanwhile, there's COVID. Meanwhile, there are things that are happening in the world that are legitimate and valid reasons for us to be down and under and depressed and anxious. But the Lord is saying this generation needs joy. Joy is a key. Joy is a key. And God said to me, Siko, you have forgotten how powerful joy is. Joy is the very thing that led Jesus to that cross. Because it was for the joy set before him that he endured that cross. Joy is powerful. You may be going through some stuff this morning, but God is saying, for the joy set before you. For the joy set before you. And he wants to give us a grace this morning to endure. Joy is a testimony. Not just to each other in the body, but to other people. Psalm 40 speaks about how, you know, God puts a new song in our mouths of praise to our God. And many begin to trust in the Lord and fear him because of this new song and these praises that we are singing as his people. But it's become so devalued. In our society, in our culture, it's like, mm, you know what, it, it depends. It depends. But I believe God wants to address that. It's become so much easier to have self-pity, to have anxiety, to have depression than it is to contend for the joy that is available to us. But I believe that God wants our lives, especially in this season, to be marked by joy. I remember a number of seasons in my own life that were marked by joy. 
And if I think back, I want to start back to, to, uh, to go back to a, a season in my life when I first got saved, when I was like, wow, now this is joy. And when I'm talking about joy, I'm not talking about some feeling or some decision that you make or some expression that you do physically. I'm talking about something deep-seated, a deep conviction. I'm talking about joy as a spiritual state, as a spiritual quality. An inner knowing. An inner knowing. A deep-seated conviction that no circumstance no person and no devil in hell can take away. Unstoppable joy. Unstoppable joy. Oh, do it in us, Lord. Do it in us, Lord. The joy of salvation. The joy of salvation. I remember when I got saved in October, I think it was around 2005, yes. That night when I encountered the love of the Father. When God, the creator of heaven and earth, spoke to me, told me, Siko, I love you. I love you. When this God that I had thought was, you know, this big God and this far away God told me, Siko, I love you. I'm relational. I'm personal. And that knowing the love of the Father and saying yes to him, how it birthed an inexpressible joy inside of me that I had never known. That feeling of being made right with God, being reconciled to the Father, knowing that you are a new creation, that you are loved, how it changed my life. In that season, my parents had just gotten separated. My baby sister had just passed away. We were moving from house to house between our family members because we had not yet found a place to stay after my parents decided to separate. My world as I knew it was falling apart. But his joy, but his joy inside of me was brimming. I remember in that season going to school and my friends are like, Siko, why are you so happy? And I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> And they just couldn't understand it. And they're like, Siko, why are you so happy today? We're writing a test. And I'm like, 
Jesus. <laughs> it was literally the season of like, you know what? No test formed against me can prosper. <laughs> Hallelujah. I was walking literally in the air for like a good two years. It was this sense of euphoria, like, but it was so real. Every morning I woke up with a song in my heart. I could literally hear it in the physical. That assurance of knowing that I am loved by God. There's someone who cares about me. Even when things are falling apart, he is for me. In the midst of my pain and my rejection and my confusion, he was there and joy was overflowing. It was unstoppable. It outlasted any disappointment, any mistake, any fear that I had. Every day was a new beginning with a new song. Can you remember that time? I know so many of us can relate to that. That moment of encountering Jesus and knowing that your life will never be the same again. And even instead of it dying down, it multiplied. It multiplied. It multiplied. It multiplied in me. It multiplied through me. Because, you know, even when I step into the room and my friends ask me, Siko, why are you so happy? Even they would start to laugh because, like, you're so funny. Like, what's wrong with you? It multiplied. Oh, I thank God. The word speaks about how even the angels rejoice in heaven when one sinner comes to repentance. Joy and salvation goes together. Joy and salvation are like this package that go together. Knowing and having an intimate relationship with Jesus births a joy inside of us. And I know after some time and after seasons and when things happen, life happens, right? And then, you know, that joy starts to fade away and we sort of forfeit that joy. But I'm here to remind you this morning that joy and your salvation go together. That joy as a child of God is your portion. That when you receive salvation, you receive a capacity for joy. And what I love about David in Psalm 51 is that when he sinned and when he compromised and when life happened, he didn't just say, oh, well, such is life. That's what happens. You know, life's hard. David went back to the Lord and said and cried out, Lord, restore. Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. And I believe a lot of us, a number of us this morning need to be having that conversation with the Lord. If you're not having it already, it's time to cry out. The enemy is so good at making us think that it's okay. 
that anxiety is okay. The Lord's been talking to me about people who don't even know what it feels like to have joy anymore. We're so used to waking up with anxiety and dread and disappointment and fear. You don't even know what it feels like to have joy. Let alone enjoy your relationship with the Lord. But I believe God wants to restore this morning to us the joy of our salvation. And I've been doing an exercise over the last while of taking the time to remember. And it's so funny how quickly those emotions and those feelings come back. You know, when you think, when you take the time to think about what the Lord has done, what he has saved you from, and what he has saved you into, you cannot help but start to experience joy. And I want to challenge us this morning. Take the time to remember. Because God wants to restore. Another season that was marked by joy in my life, I recall, was a season where the Lord blessed me with such a hunger for his presence. I remember being in my room, like for hours and hours, and I would just be worshiping. I would be praying in the spirit. I would just be resting in his presence, literally just, you know, just focusing and fixing my mind on him, literally until I could feel the weight of his glory over me. And in those moments, I would burst out into laughter. I would burst out into praise because of the joy of his presence. Joy and the presence of God go together. And I believe God is calling us to get back to a place of seeking his presence. Because the focus is not on joy. We focus on Jesus. We focus on his presence and the joy comes. Hallelujah. Joy and his presence. How about, it's about time that we get back to that place where we do things that stir up our joy. Worship stirs up our joy. Reading his word and getting revelation from him stirs up our joy. Being around people who are actually full of the joy of the Lord stir up our joy. When was the last time you actively did something that stirs up your joy? Because what tends to happen is we focus on the things that bring us despair. We focus on the things that bring us fear. But we are coming in the opposite spirit this morning. We're choosing to fix our minds on Jesus. To fix our mind on his presence. To just declare his praises. Because the word says that when we give him praise, he inhabits our praises. His presence. His presence. 
His presence is key. The word of God says in that Psalm 16 that, my goodness, in his presence, there's joy. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. We need to stir up our joy by being with him. The joy of communion, the joy of intimacy. I love how Zephaniah 3 talks about how joy is part of the nature of God. How he dances and sings over us. How he rejoices over us with singing. It's a part of who God is. Joy is the fruit of the Holy Spirit being at work in our lives. Joy is the evidence of the Holy Spirit being at work in our lives. Because the fruit of the Spirit is joy. We find it easy to say that we have the Holy Spirit. Meanwhile, we don't have joy. How is that so? How is that so? Because when we receive the Holy Spirit, whom the Father has given to us without measure, we receive his joy. We receive his capacity for joy. And I believe God wants to highlight that. That because we have the Holy Spirit living and dwelling inside of us, his presence inside of us, his presence all around us, his presence on us, we should have joy. So it's a lie that we have been sold. It's a lie that we are believing that we can't have joy. And joy is not the absence of, of pain and suffering. Joy is not some feeling and some decision. Yes, it's multidimensional, and I think all those things encompass it. But what we are talking about here is the joy of who he is to us. Joy is the very atmosphere of heaven. Joy is the very atmosphere of heaven. The word of God talks about joy in heaven. How the kingdom is not a matter of eating or drinking, but a matter of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy is something that is intrinsic to heaven. That's why the book of Revelation speaks to us about the fact that one day there will be no more weeping. There will be no more pain because the very atmosphere of heaven is joy. Those moments when laughing and singing was easy. Joy looks like something. Joy looks like something. 
And if you want to gauge your joy, you should look at how often you're singing songs. Look at how easily it comes to laugh. Joy looks like something. And sometimes we need to gauge our joy. The Lord was talking to me, Siko, you need to constantly check your joy. Because the minute you're in his presence, something erupts. Something erupts. Sometimes I'm in the kitchen and I'm cooking and I'm washing dishes. Then my mind just, you know, gets fixed on him and I become aware of his presence. And something in me just erupts and I'm like, thank you, Lord. And my husband's like, yes, Livy? I'm like, no, 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 sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm not speaking to you, babe. It's a, but <laughs> something erupted in me. Because I became aware of his presence. Becoming aware of his presence. Because you know you're lacking in joy when those songs aren't coming. When that laughter isn't coming. Joy and the presence of God go together. And this thing that we believe that joy comes and goes is such a lie as well. Because joy, if it's an inherent quality of the Holy Spirit, and he doesn't come and go, right? <laughs> he's in us, he's in us. So it's our awareness of joy that keeps changing. So every time I would say, God, make me more aware of you, as you become more aware of him, you become more aware that you have joy. You have capacity to be joyful. And then another season that I felt was so marked by joy in my life was when I started partnering with the Holy Spirit. In the harvest. Contributing to the kingdom agenda. There's joy in the harvest. The word of God talks about how those who sow with tears will reap with shouts of joy. I remember when I went on my first mission. And we were doing outreaches and street evangelism and this. And it's like just this new world and this new sense of joy that I also never knew was possible started to erupt in me. To see people being touched by God. To see people being saved, healed, and delivered. Marked me with such a joy, I would get so excited. It's like I would just see ankles and headaches. <laughs> I just want to pray for everyone because there was this joy that I got. Yes, there was this compassion because I'm like, mm, this is not right. Yes, there was this hatred for sin because, and uh, hatred for sickness. And I'm like, that is not right. But then there was this joy. This was one of the things that really helped me to step out even when I was trembling. Because I knew what it felt like 
to see God actively working in and through me. That Jesus, whose life is inside of me, the Rueh, the Zue of God, the God life in me, falling out and flowing out into the people around me. Now that's something else. There's a point in your life where your relationship with God needs to grow beyond just you and him. And I believe God is also challenging some of us who are sitting here. Maybe you are stagnant in your life and there's no joy because it's not flowing out. He's not flowing out. Partnering with God in the harvest will lead to immense joy. Don't miss out on the joy of partnering with him. The God life is inside of you, and he wants to flow out through you. I remember I would just laugh and laugh and laugh and have so much joy after seeing God encounter someone. It would just flow out of me because I'm like, oh my gosh, God, you're so faithful. You're so faithful. Last night I had a headache. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. I'm like, okay, you know, headache, be gone. And literally I didn't have even like <laughs> any sort of uh, pill or whatever. So I'm just like, this is it now. Headache, be gone, be gone. I tried for 30 minutes. Then I went to bed. Lupi, I've got this headache. Please help. So he prays first time, second time, third time, the headache goes. And I'm like, oh, it's always like the first time. <laughs> it's always like the first time. Like when you see God heal or when he heals you, it's like when he does it again, you can't believe it. It's, it's <laughs> and my leafy is looking at me like, oh, my gosh, like what's up with you? And I, I'm trying to explain how this never gets old. Man, now I'm crying. It never gets old. He's so faithful. He's so faithful. Partnering with God in the mission. You will just, it's, it's living out a part of you that God so wants to activate. And I believe he wants to do that. There's joy in that. When people start to eat off the fruit of your relationship with Jesus. I really pray for that for each and every one of us. And then there's another season. This I usually talk about the joy of obedience. The joy of walking in obedience. John um, 15, 10 to 11 talks about when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Hallelujah. Yes, your joy will overflow. When we walk in the will of God for our lives, our joy overflows. It doesn't matter how difficult the season is. 
It doesn't matter how difficult the trials and the circumstances are. There is sustaining power and joy. And I believe some of us have been walking in a season that is tough. You're like, Lord, get me out of this season. I can't take it anymore. But I'm here to remind you this morning, there is sustaining power in joy. The word in Nehemiah talks about the joy of the Lord being our strength. That is no joke. We need to take this word seriously. The joy of the Lord is our strength. When the Lord, um, when we begin to really step out and press into the joy of the Lord, we start to walk with a strength and an energy that is far beyond ourselves. I will talk about this a little bit more. But I want to focus a little bit here on the joy of obedience. So there was a season in my life where I was in a job where I felt, God, I'm stretched. And I'm tired. And I really don't want to be in this job. And for the first time, I doubted the Lord's goodness. And I was in shock. You know when you're like, ah, I didn't even know you were capable of <laughs> But we are, you guys, we're capable of so much more. But God is so good. So now I'm in shock and now I'm getting angry because God, how can a measly job cause me to doubt you? And I remember God saying, Siko, baby girl, <laughs> it's not about whether or not I am good. That is unchanging but it's what I'm doing for your good. It's about what is good for you. So some of us want to leave this particular season. Some of us want, you know, you're like, God, I can't stay. But God is saying, stay. There's something that I'm working out for my glory and your good in this season. There's something that I'm doing in your character, something that I'm shaping in you that is for your good. That place when we begin to mature in our relationship with the Lord beyond our own feelings and our emotions and our own comfort. And we actually stay when your very flesh is telling you to go and do the opposite. There's joy in obedience. Sin and compromise and disobedience are one of the biggest joy stealers. Those things will steal your joy. You can have everything, but if you're not in the will of God, you can be joyless. Rejoicing in hard times is proof of faith sometimes. It's evidence. <laughs> it's evidence. Lord, my faith is alive and kicking, even though it's hard. Hallelujah. Hmm. To be able to have joy in seasons where things are falling apart. 
Our joy is often tested in times of adversity. Is your joy genuine? Is your joy true? Is it really in the Lord and who he is and who he's been to you and not in your circumstances and not in what you have or do not have? You'll check that out in adversity. You will know. And I believe God is saying to some of us this morning, stay. I know it's not easy. I know it's not comfortable. But I'm working things out for your good. I remember in this season of of just having this hard time in this job and I would wake up deflated, no song this time. (laughs) And in that moment, I would literally stir myself up and I would proclaim and declare scripture. And I'm like, God, this is the day you have made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Standing on the word. Standing on the word. And as you begin to praise him, as you begin to declare his word, everything changes. Sometimes I would walk out of my room with a bit of a bounce in my step there because I was in his presence. Oftentimes when we quit on obedience and when we quit On the will of God, we're quitting on joy. (laughs) There's a a, a guy that, that always says, you know what? If crying doesn't solve the situation, try joy. (laughs) I love that. Because we don't wait for the situation to change. We praise our way out of that situation. We rejoice to change our situation. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just ask Paul and Silas in that prison. When they were locked up there with no hope and no way forward. But you know what? They were just loving and adoring Jesus. And they started to praise and just sing hymns and songs to the Lord. And earthquake. You know? They chains fell off of them. Praise. Unlock the power to change that situation. And I know some of us here this morning will be giving God a sacrifice of praise, or we have been giving God a sacrifice of praise. I love it when I think about the sacrifice of praise. I'm saying, God, this is me praising you in advance, God. This is me praising you like my prayer has already been answered. Hallelujah. Some of us need to go back to that place where we stop mumbling and grumbling. And because of that, we're going around in circles in our wilderness. But we start praising him. Praising him for who he is. Praising him for the good he has already done. Praising him for the good he has already done. 
The joy of our salvation has come at a great cost. It came at a great cost. Jesus gave his very life that we would know salvation and that we would know his joy. It's not the absence of pain. It's not to say things are going easy. But it's saying, God, I trust you. Joy is about a trusting relationship with Jesus. I trust you. Even when I don't see it, I know you're working. So as I close up, I really wanted to, maybe if the band can just come up or just someone. I really felt this morning that God wants to strengthen us again. And the key to strengthening us is depositing a fresh joy in us. Because if we lose our joy... We lose our strength. If we lose our strength, we become spiritually weak. If we become spiritually weak, we become vulnerable to the enemy. Do you hear what I'm saying? There's a cost to the believer if we do not guard our joy. We need to guard our joy. The enemy is not just after your joy. He's after your strength. He's not just after your strength. He is after your faith, your very faith. I love it in Philippians 4 verse 4 when Paul talks about how we ought to rejoice in the Lord always. And then he says, Again, I say, rejoice. Before he he starts that chapter 4 and those verses about rejoicing, he said, you know what, guys? I'm going to repeat some stuff here. I don't mind repeating these things to you guys because why? I'm safeguarding your faith. And I believe that's what God wants to do this morning. He's saying, you know what, there's some cracks. There's some cracks here, but I want to safeguard our faith. So I want joy to be restored. So this morning, we want to just close the door. Partner with the Holy Spirit and closing the door to anxiety. Partner with the Holy Spirit in closing the door to fear and depression and disappointment. if you've just been pretending. (laughs) Some of us think it's also just simple 
and easier to pretend like we've got you. Or after this message, it's easier to go around pretending. But that's not what we're talking about here. God doesn't want us to pretend. This is a God who cares about us. He says, cast your cares upon me. He cares about us. So now, even as we just spend time, just a little bit of time, I want us to just bring to remembrance our cares. Bring to remembrance our cares. God, this thing has been working my mind. Lord, I'm so stressed about this. Just take some time to be vulnerable before the Lord. Just bring to remembrance everything that has been plaguing your heart and your spirit. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to pray for us. Because I believe our joy is coming back this morning. And those who say, God, I need your joy in my life. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. Since I've been genuinely joyful in the Lord. So I just want those of us who have been struggling with anxiety and struggling with fear and depression. If you are saying, God, I just desire your joy this morning. I just want you to be bold and stand up because we are snatching back our joy this morning. Like David did, like David did, like David did when he said, God, is this for me? God is saying, yes, joy is for you. So we are running after it this morning. We are pursuing after what has been lost to us this morning. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory for what you are doing in our midst this morning, God. We speak freedom, freedom, freedom in this place. From the chains of anxiety, depression, strongholds, we're demolishing them this morning in the name of Jesus. Y'all just pray, pray for yourself, pray for yourself, 
Pray for the people around you. As I said, this is not about some cute sermon about war and joy. This is a war. This is a warfare. This is warfare. Joy. Joy is a weapon. Joy is a weapon. Joy is a weapon. If you have been struggling with anxiety and fear and all these things, start praising, start putting on that garment of praise right now. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for a fresh impartation of your joy by your Spirit, Lord. Not by might, Lord, not by power, but by your Spirit, Lord. Not some pretense joy, but genuine joy. God, I'm asking you, I'm asking you, Jesus, for new songs, new songs in our hearts, Lord. I'm asking you for testimonies, Lord, of just a fresh awareness of your presence and your joy, God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. It's not by might, it's not by power. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, just lift up your hands as a prophetic act to just receive from Him. It's not anything that I can say or I can do, but it's really receiving from Him who is the author and the giver of joy. Let's just wait on him, just receive. There's something about being still and doing an act of faith that the Lord responds to. As you are just lifting your hands up and receiving from him, he is working in your spirit, man. It's a faith thing. God, I believe you are at work right now. 